Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along. And as you heard from the very beginning, starring Jake Kamins. Ladies and gentlemen, Seth and Sean Sports Radio, Jake Kamins, here, you, there. Actually, Jake Kamins is there because I'm not with Jake either. So we got a pretty long show tonight. Uh, we're, we're on the schedule for 90 minutes. We'll see if we take that long. We have a couple of things to talk about. As we said last week, there are a lot of NBA players that have been switching teams lately. Melo, Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas, Paul George, Kyrie Irving, all changes, but really do any of them make a difference And the Warriors still are in town? We'll get to that after. First of all, we welcome Seth Kamen to the show, as I did a very poor job of introducing to begin with. Hello, Seth. Hi, Sean. Good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, you too, my friend. It will be the first 90-minute show that I have a coherent son for. By coherent, I mean not a five-month-old babbling. So I am curious to see how this is going to go. We'll hope for the best, and, well, we'll go from there. Hi, Jake. He's put. He's no, busy no. playing in the ball pit, and that is not a so, – that that's actually the ball pit that's in the middle of his bedroom. So, for now, he is occupied. So he's co- he throws better than Eli right now. So he's coherent, yet he's not cognitive. Got it. Okay. There you go. So, all right. So, first, before we start with the NBA preview, which should take the majority of the show, tonight, so let's give a little preview as to where we are. So, this week, we'll be doing the NBA preview. Uh, next week, I will be in California, Disney Disneyland, actually. And I'll be doing the show from there, so it's pretty much grab bag when you take all, as I will be doing it from the Magic Kingdom. Actually, it's Tuesday, so I'll be doing it from the beach, which is even better for me. Sorry, Seth. Wednesday, next, the week, the week after that, we'll be doing our NHL preview. And then the week after that, which is the first week in November, I believe I'm on schedule. No, 17th, 7th, the 11th is next week. 17th, and then the 24th is Seth's favorite show of the year, the NCAA College Basketball Preview, or we call it the Rick Pitino Memorial Preview. As I'd like, as I'd like to take credit where credit is due in predicting that Rick Pitino would never coach another game again after what happened last week. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about that first. And Mike Krzyzewski's first. comments, from today, which did you get a chance to catch those? No, I, I did not. I uh, I saw the headline that he said something, but whoa! I'll be honest, I'm not quite sure what it was. Um, he's Mike Krzyzewski. I'm sure the he is the the, the the never mind. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. So what, what did he? What did what did, what did uh, our, our our esteemed Olympic coach have to say? 
You know what, though? Our esteemed Olympic coach is one of the smarter people in basketball. True or false? True. Okay. He's also been the Olympic coach for a decade or more. He graduated West Point. West Point or Army? They're the same thing. Graduated same, West same Point. Thing. Yeah, graduated West Point. So he knows what he's talking about. And of all the coaches in college basketball, he's never once been accused of an impropriety. And I can't say that about my coach. No, no. So um, I, I can't. Google the name. So, Google, I mean, Google the name. Google Myron Piggy. I will send Myron you a link. In a later I point. seem to. I seem to remember the name. Why don't you give me a little backstory? I don't. I talked about this years ago. It was an AAU reference, and I'm trying to remember the exact the exacts of it, and I just don't. Um, but no, he's never been, as far as I know, particularly in, officially investigated, and there's never been real any real um, anything oh, really come Piggy out. Was, Myron Piggy was AAU. the whole Kareem Rush and Jerron Rush in Kansas and in UCLA, but that no. didn't touch. That's, no, 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 that's not. Well, that's, that's my, not. That's not. Where, that's not where I was going with it. But regardless, you know, Piggy, I Piggy, Coach K, has never been official. As far as I know, has never been. So never, nothing's ever been found on him. I have no idea whether it's ever been investigated or not. So anyway, what did he have to say about Patino? So, no, he didn't have anything to say about Patino so much as he said. The current basketball model is just not working. We're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And the changes to AAU culture has made the basketball a full-time business. So you have a business plan for the NCAA that is not a business, business plan that works. So we have to change something. Now, he didn't offer up what to change because, quite well, frankly, that's not his job. Right. And let's be honest, if anyone has taken advantage, you know, who more than him and John Calipari have taken advantage of the change of, of the change landscape? Okay. I, I mean, well, 15 I, years ago, the idea a guy leaving Duke before his junior year was un, unheard of. And now, yeah, I mean, they get more one and dones than anyone other than other than UK. True. Yeah, I think the first one and done for them was William Avery, right? William Avery and Elton Brand, or were they sophomores? It wasn't. They were sophomores. They were sophomores. It was actually, I believe, Corey McGetty. Although I, I think he left. Okay. Although I could be wrong, but I think it was Corey McGetty. And then right after that, you had the team that won the title with Battier and Jason Williams. And from there on, it was who Battier was through his senior. I think Jay Williams stayed through his junior year. I could be wrong on that as well. But after that, it was it was kind of free fall. And they yeah. still won two titles with it, but a lot with a lot a lot more one and dones or two and dones and things along those lines. Agreed, agreed. So anyway, so I'd like to take props and some credit for saying that Rick Pitino would never coach another game. But I didn't think it was going to come this quickly. Uh, obviously, you didn't. You thought it would take a couple of months. He's not only been – he's been fired. I mean, he's going through a firing. They named Dave Paget, the ex-Louisville center, as the, 
as the uh, interim coach, they they named an ex, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a business leader as the interim AD today. John Tom Jurich also uh, dismissed, or at least put on indefinite suspension. They're obviously moving on. Can they avoid the death penalty? I don't think the death penalty is ever going to be handed out again, truth be told. So I think they avoid it. I just think they're in a whole heap of trouble down there. Well, I think also we don't really know how far this is going to go. So I'm kind of hesitant to, to say that, yeah, yes, they're going to be in serious trouble. We have no idea how many other schools. We've heard Arizona mentioned. We've heard Miami mentioned. North Carolina's had their issues. Um, although it has not been involved in this, as far as I am aware. Um, so we'll see. But when you have a, when you have a 60, you know, when you have one of the major heads of Adidas who has the, I think the maximum penalty on this is 60 years. You really think this guy isn't going to turn on a lot of people? This is going to be a very interesting couple of weeks. See how this plays out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, okay. Yep. Now, one, two other things in regards to in regards to Louisville. Um, Bobby, who would figure that of all the coaches of all, out of these three, Bobby Petrino would be the one that would stay. Uh, but I believe his buyout clause is actually in you know is 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 halved by Tom Jones yep. leaving. So I would no, I would be surprised more than any. I would be surprised to see him coaching. Louisville this time next year, especially with Lamar Jackson leaving. He's not a guy who strikes me as really trying to, you know, try, you know, with a lot of potentially SEC jobs open, Arkansas, Texas, A&M, LSU, Auburn. I'm only maybe not Auburn, but I am assuming that that's where we'll see him somewhere in that vicinity at this time next year. And also, wow, Petrino, wait, wait, Petrino back to Arkansas. Not to Arkansas. I shouldn't say Arkansas, but Texas A&M. Yeah, no, he's definitely not going to <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry. That that was like, wow. I, I don't know a whole lot about college football, but I know that Arkansas is never going to hire Bobby Petrino again. But then again, I said the same thing about Louisville. So, I mean, and here we are. That is absolutely correct. You were, you were right, and I am wrong, as much as that hurts me to say. Um but Texas A&M could be available. Uh, LSU could be available. Tennessee is going to be available. So it probably, you know, there will be SEC jobs available is where I'm trying to go with this. And I'm assuming that's where Petrino yep. would probably want to end up. So the other thing is I believe Louisville canceled their, canceled their, uh, their contract with Adidas, which was $160 no, they're, they're million. No, they're looking into it. They haven't canceled it yet. And I wouldn't uh, – uh, canceling $160 million, I think the saying we're going to look into it is a, is a lot different than canceling it. And I'm not sure how far that canceling will go because, as you were about to say, $160 million is a lot of money. Yeah. So, yes, it is. And – I will see how that plays out. In okay. the meantime, so in the meantime, we have college basketball and maybe Bruce Bowen, the recruit that was 
Brian, caught Brian in the middle Bowen. of this. Brian Bowen. Brian Bowen. I wouldn't say caught in the middle of this. I think that's that's really deflecting. Look, he could have not taken the money. I mean, he has to. You have to say he's somewhat at fault, right? Because he knew the rules and he broke them. Do you think he's at fault at all here? Well, of course he's at fault, but it's easy for me to say that because I'm not the one that's being offered $100,000 to go to a right. school that could very well put him into the pros. It's not like he, it's not like he's being offered a hundred thousand to go to Mississippi State or to go to you know Division three. You know it's a school that you know it serves his purpose as well. If that's the kind of per, if that's the kind of person he is, where you're you're getting a hundred grand, you'll play there for a year or two, and then you'll go to the pros because Patino is certainly, if nothing else, capable of molding pro, pro prospects into solid professionals. So you got. He knows it. Look, we all know it's right or wrong. It's a question of what you want to do with it. And yep. so to say that he's to say that he's he's he has no culpability is silly. But it's probably nothing that you know half of the half of the top fifty prospects don't have. You know, half the top half the top fifty prospects are probably doing the same thing. I don't think it's anything unordinary. I just think this is it's the beginning, as we've said, at the tip of the iceberg here. Fair enough. Well, it's funny because you're saying it's the tip of the iceberg, and Krzyzewski actually said today that it wasn't. He doesn't believe that this is the tip of the iceberg at all. Really? He thinks this is the yeah. this is this is this is the worst that it's get it's going to get. No, he said that the the system is at fault, but he said he. I don't know the exact quote, but he definitely said this is not the tip of the iceberg. Like that was, huh? that was, that was definitely we'll part out. of the quote. Yeah, we'll I'm find out to, because, oh. as we said, this isn't the NCAA investigating, where they investigate North Carolina and put Murray State on probation. This is the FBI. So I. The FBI is not going to care. They will go after whoever, and we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully I'm proven wrong. So this, so this is the exact quote. It doesn't mean all college basketball – I'm sorry, let's start from the beginning. I think college basketball is great, and I think college basketball is like anything. It's an industry. It's not just a sport. It's like a human being. There's things that happen that are great. There's things that happen that are medium, and there are things that happen that are bad. Last week was bad. It doesn't mean all of college basketball is bad. It doesn't mean that's necessarily the tip of some iceberg. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the iceberg is really good. I don't know. You know, I, I don't have – unfortunately, back sports page never, never was able to get me the insider, uh, the insider information access the insider information, so it's hard for me to tell. But I would be genuinely surprised if this if this is as far as it goes. And I think you would be too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well if you'd like to call in seven six oh two eight three oh eight four six seven six oh two eight three oh eight four six. We're gonna move on to a uh less 
how do I say this? I don't even know. A more American <laughs> sport being America's pastime, baseball. Major League Baseball has started their playoff season, which means this is the time that my, that my co-host, Seth Kamins, might actually tune into a baseball game because the regular season for him is for show. It, it's, it's just not – it's non-existent. So tonight – The regular, the, the the regular th- season falls well behind soccer and tennis and, well, pretty much anything else I can come up with that's not car racing or bowling or golf. So, yeah, it, it, I started paying attention a few weeks ago. I mean, I pay attention all the time. I just don't watch full games. But I will be watching tonight. Well, I was about to say, will you be watching the Twins versus the Yankees in its entirety, assuming that your wife allows you to finish the game? <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching the game tonight. Okay. I so, who do you think is going to yeah. Who do you, you know, think is going to win? It's a, it's a one-game playoff. There's no way to gauge. I'd like to think the Yankees will. I, they have the home field. They have a better. They, I think they have a better team. They certainly have a better bullpen. Their starter is solid. It's as good, but it's a it's a one game playoff, and the road team has won seven seven of the last ten wild you know of these games. So there's certainly no, you know, oh Jake, there's certainly no way to one game playoff. Who the heck knows what happens? Let's be honest here. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm with you. So Miguel Sano is is not going to be playing. Um, by the way, the historical record of the Yankees versus the Twins in the playoffs, do you know what it is? <laughs> it's got to be something like 11-1 and one or something like that. Yeah, it, it's 12-2. It's 12-2. It's 12-2. It's a random guess. And the yeah. Yankees record against the Twins since 2002. You, you want to guess that one? So 15 years. What's the Yankees record versus the Twins? Are we talking – is this including regular season? Yes. So I'll tell you, they've played. Wait, wait, wait. They've played 122 games. I'm going to say it's something like 80 and 42. You're pretty close. It's 89 and 33. So if there is a bitch in the Major League Baseball world, it's the Twins to the Yankees. Because it, this this reminds me very much of when the stories that we used to hear that the Kansas City A's used to be the Yankees' farm system. And whenever yep. the A's had a good player, the Yankees would go and acquire him. So, and one of them was actually Roger Maris. Roger Maris. So, yeah. So this very much reminds me of that. And the Twins – who at the uh, who at the trading deadline trade away their closer and one of their top starters, ironically, who wound up with the Yankees, Jaime Garcia, who I don't think is starting in the playoffs, went on an amazing run. And a team that had 100 losses last year is now in the playoffs. So assuming that the Yankees win for you, I- I'm actually going to take the Twinkies because I – First of all, I hate the Yankees. Yeah, well, I hate the Yankees. I love the twin. I, I think the Twins logo on their cap may be the best logo in sports. The TC. I love it. And it's very hard to root against the Twins. I mean, the Twins are from Minnesota. 
Minnesota people are so nice. How do you root against the nice people from Minnesota? I, mean, I agree. To me, uh, my, my, sister, yeah. my sister Michelle, my sister just spent two weeks at the Mayo Clinic, and she came back and said, "Well, considering the situation, I could not be the, the people could not have been nicer." Right. So, she was a little baffled. Yeah. She went back to Brooklyn. It became a bit confusing for her. Well, I can understand that because people in Brooklyn aren't so nice. So let's assume for me, that the Yankees lose and the Twins win. Tomorrow, okay. we have the, Rock, the Rockies against the Diamondbacks, which, again, these are teams that finished in last place last year or close to it. Very poor teams. And again, are in the, right, and are, again, are in the wild card. One of these two teams is going to face the division winner, I I think with Granky on the hill, I I think the Diamondbacks win at home. As do I, although admittedly I am full fledged rooting for Colorado. Absolutely, we have, I'm with you. We have not seen relevant Colorado teams since they got swept in the World Series by the Red Sox ten years ago. Well, I'd also give the point that baseball in Colorado is fun. I yeah, mean, I it think is. it's the same way with like. What, like the Homer Dome when it was the Metrodome for Minnesota. I enjoyed watching. It, it may be entirely different baseball than anywhere else in in the major leagues, being Colorado and where Minnesota playing the Homer Dome. But, man, that's fun. I want to see pitchers up there trying to hit home runs. I think that's hysterical. And to me, it gives credence that, hitter, that pitchers should bat, which I know you and I differ entirely on. So, Okay, so we both believe that Granky's going to win, although we'd like to see Colorado. So moving forward to Thursday's games, we would have the Red Sox facing off against the Astros. The Astros have the home advantage, and you have the Yankees facing off against the Indians. So Astros versus Red Sox in, in the series, who do you have? Now, could be my, my New York homerism could be that I feel, you know, I, you have, I have a rooting interest for Houston just because of everything that's happened in Texas. But I actually think Houston's a better team. I think Boston is, although they're very young, they're pitching other than Salas, pretty much underachieved this season. I think Houston, I think you have Altuve, who's, pro, who's probably the best, who's probably the AL MVP. You have, I, Sale is taking a step back. I like Houston in – I'll say Houston in five. Well, again, you and I uh, differ. I will take the Red Sox in four. Uh, I don't like Houston's pitching other than Verland at all. And playoff baseball to me comes to, down to pitching and defense. It's not who crap out of the ball the most. Uh, you don't see games won 12 to 11 very often. You've seen them more recently, but not to the extent that I believe you can win a World Series that way. So I'm going to take the Red Sox. Then you have well, the Yankees you, and you, I have the now, now, well, before we get to that, do you have confidence yep. in the Red Sox pitching staff other than Sale? With I, Price being injured, so Sale taking a step back? Okay. Well, but Pom, Pomerantz went 16-7 and seven this year. Um, I can't remember the guy that came over. Darn it. There's a third guy that I can't remember. Uh, they have Eduardo Rodriguez, but 
I'm missing the guy. Oh, I can't remember the lefty's name that came in mid-season. I'm going to have to look this up. But I do have more confidence in their pitching than I do in Dallas Keuchel and Lawrence, Lance McCullers, who haven't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. But are they No, that's right not now? the guy. What? Lance McCullers okay. has been healthy the whole entire year. Right, but Keuchel is healthy so, as far as I know. He is, but he's got a pinched nerve in his neck, which can come back at any point. I am looking okay. at who is this pitcher? Uh, this is going to bother me for a while. Got to look this up. Okay. So the picture is oh Doug Fister. So Doug Fister, who has come back from the from the dead this year, has um, gone five and nine. But since the All Star break, has pitched incredibly well. So I like Fister. So anyway, that being said, I like the Red Sox in four. Now you have the Yankees. I have the Twins. Both against the Indians, I have the Indians actually winning in three. I think they're going to sweep, no matter who it is. I have the Indians in four. Uh, with the Yankees bullpen, I'll think they'll take a game. But Cleveland is the most complete team in the American League. And having gone through all this a year, a year ago, uh, there's no reason with the, the way the Yankees staff is that I would think or Minnesota's team, for that matter, I think will give will put up that much of a challenge to Cleveland, who is just a better just now a better team and a more well-rounded team. Now I have to tell you, I'm rooting for Cleveland. Like in general, I I want Cleveland to win. I don't know why I want Cleveland to win. Maybe it's because of the curse of, and last year I thought that they deserved to win until a rain delay. But I, I'm actually rooting for Cleveland to win this entire thing. I like I said, I believe that they win in three. So now we move over to the National League. So we both have the Diamondbacks. So we have the Diamondbacks versus the Dodgers. And I know the Dodgers have gone back and forth and back and forth all year. They're still, to me, the most complete team in the National League. Not the best team, but the most complete team. And I have them beating uh, whoever is coming out of that game in four. I really am tempted to go with Arizona here. Who has the best hitter in the game? Has the best offensive player in in this in this in, in Goldschmidt and you know has Granky and uh, Archie Bradley? I'm, I'm forgetting the stud set, the stud number two pitcher. Um, but at the end of the day, the Dodgers with Seager and Patterson and you know and Puig and everyone else, they're just they're just too good. Uh, I'll take the Dodgers in five. Okay, and then we have the Cubs versus the Nationals, which may be the best divisional series. And I'm going to take the Cubs over the Nationals. I just don't think the Nationals have it. I mean, Strasburg's pitched very well. Scherzer is hurt. The bullpen is still the bullpen, which has never been rectified. And Harper's coming off his injury and was incredibly rusty. I think the Cubs take the Nationals. And I'm going to go with the Nationals. I think their pitching staff is better. I think, I mean, the Cubs have kind of, kind of, I don't want to say half-assed, but kind of strolled their way through the season. Um, I, I like, yes, Harper is coming off, is is rusty, but he's 22, he'll 23, 24 years old. I think he can kind of bounce back pretty quick. And I think this team has a lot to prove. They're kind of, they've kind of become the the Washington Capitals of, unfortunately, of, of baseball. And 
I, I think I think they they get off the schneid a little bit and beat the Cubs in four. Schneid, schneid. the schneid. All right, so you got so you got Dallas, Dallas. You got Los Angeles versus the Nationals, and your winner is the Nationals. As as little, well, although okay, the bullpen, their bullpen does scare me a little bit, but I took them in the beginning of the year. I still think their staff is better. Um, overall, of course, they don't have anyone per se. You know, they don't have anyone as they don't have anyone as, as good as Kershaw because Kershaw is still the best pitcher in the world. But Scherzer, if healthy, and that's an if, is fantastic. Strasburg is great. Gonzalez is good. There, I I like their team. I, I think I think they win. I think in I actually state. agreed with you, and I think I actually agree with you and picked the Nationals to win, if, if I recall correctly, but. I'll have to go back and check on that. Uh, I will pick the Dodgers to win over the Cubs. I think Kershaw, this is Kershaw's year, and you're going to have a great series of Kershaw versus Corey Kluber, in, especially if the Dodgers win in four or three and the Indians win in three. You're going to set up for game one, Kershaw versus Kluber, which I think will be fantastic. So I have the Dodgers versus the Indians in the, in the World Series. So and you, who have you, Cleveland have, over you have the, Cleveland over Boston in how many games? Uh, Cleveland over Boston in six. I have the same. Or Cleveland over, excuse me, over Houston in six. And so we, you have Cleveland versus versus L.A. I have Cleveland versus Washington. I do, and, and I have Cleveland winning it all in six games. And I say the same. I have Cleveland over Washington in six. Uh, the team is better than, you know, this is a team that should have won it last year. As you said, it was at worst right there. And they're better with Danny, with their pitching. Their pitching is back. They brought it in Cardenacion. They're the best team in baseball overall. And yeah. I think they prove it this year. And Cleveland, you know, having now take, gotten off the 40-year schneid, wins their second title in three years as a city. 40 years have you schneid twice? How about that? Yeah, you, you've used schneid. Okay, so do you have a playoff MVP, my friend? You don't have I'm to go with Corey Kluber. But do you have? I'll go with Corey Kluber. Okay. Um, I'm really going go with Francisco. Yeah, I'm going with Francisco Lindor. I think everybody loved him last year, but he has. He has taken a backseat this year, uh, Jose Ramirez, who's had a great, phenomenal year. But I think it is Francisco Lindor. Uh, so I have the Indians in six. What do you have? What do you have? I said the Indians in six. Indians in six. Okay. So we have gone through. It's 7.30 now, which gives us about an hour, 7.31. Gives us about an hour for the NBA preview, if Jay can get through. So. If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. Before we go through the individual conferences, I do want to ask you this question. Who, amongst all the people that have changed teams, is going to have the biggest effect on the NBA season? Paul George. Why? No, I answered. Because. Yeah, why? Well, I'm I'm getting there. 
Number one, without the Paul George trade, I don't think Carmelo comes to Oklahoma. Without both of them, I don't know if Russ Westbrook signs the long-term contract. Now there is now rumors about that George is actually considering seriously considering signing a long-term contract now with Oklahoma. He seems so happy there. This is a team that went from being a potential lottery team to as good as a two seed in the West. And I, I think that, you know, more than anyone, you know, Houston brings in Chris Paul. Well, that, Houston was the two seed last year, the three seed last year. So they're going to jump up to the two. Impactful, sure. It will be, you know, Jimmy Butler coming over. Will help, well, Minnesota is going to be a playoff team regardless. Um, I don't think there's a singular move that had more impact than Paul George coming over. And I don't think it's close. Okay. So, all right. So that's in the Western Conference. Do you have a impactful player in the East? I, I, I will take the, my stab on that. The, the most impactful player for me in the East is Jay Crowder changing teams. Because without Jay Crowder, Cleveland cannot go small. They cannot play Thompson and Love at the same time. It, it, defensively, it just doesn't work. And Crowder is the one that's going to allow that team to play defensive ball. They have a lot of players on the Cleveland Cavaliers team that don't play defense at all. In fact, the majority of their starting lineup will play absolutely no defense. There will be turnstiles. We have Derrick Rose at the one, while I well, Isaiah Thomas is recovering. We have whoever's going to play the two, whether that be Dwayne Wade or J.R. Smith, neither one plays defense. LeBron James plays defense, we understand. And the five, supposedly now, is going to be manned by Kevin Love. And if that's the case, again, another player that does not play any defense. So, my point is, they will have nobody that plays defense. I'm not really arguing with you. I mean, you kind of had to figure that whoever whoever the, the, your person was going to be was going to come from the Kyrie Irving, the Irving Thomas trade. So it just happened to be the third yes. member of the deal. Yes. So, okay. So anyway, moving on from there. So let's go through the division. So we have the Atlantic Division. One of my favorite divisions. I, re- I really do like the Atlantic just because uh, it's so different than the others to me. You have awful. You have awful. You have on the rise. You have good. And then you have the top of the division. Do you think Toronto takes a step back? Because I think they are the linchpin of this division. I think you have Boston as the cream of the crop. And correct me if I'm wrong if you think otherwise. You have the 76ers who could go very, very good, very, very bad, or you never really know where they are. And Toronto, who has brought back the gang, and I'm not sure the gang is any better being brought back. Well, I think that's a pretty fair way to put it. Philadelphia could win 45 games, you wouldn't be surprised. They could win 30 games, you wouldn't be surprised. I'm not as overwhelmed with Boston as everyone else is, yes, they've brought in, they've brought in obviously a decent amount of talent. They brought in Irving, they brought in Hayward. Um, but when you were the one seed and you redo eight of your twelve players on your team, I don't know how how solid the cohesion is going to be. 
And look, they're going to win their 50 games. They'll be a top seed, um, and they'll win the division very easily. But I'm not ready to roll out the red carpet that this, that all of this was really, you know, considering the assets that they had, that this was really the best, this was how I would have done it. Um, they win the division. Toronto is second again, but again, going nowhere. Toronto is becoming the Atlanta Hawks of five to 10 years ago, where they'll be the four or five, you know, somewhere between the four and the six seed. They may win a playoff series, but we'll get blown out in series, but probably not. And if they do, they'll get blown out in the second round. Um, the Philly will be third. I like the Nets better than the Knicks. Um, the Knicks have the best player in Pizzingas. Wow. But I, I think that team is still completely dysfunctional. And I like the Nets. I really do. Not as a team that's a playoff. That's, not as a team that's going to make the playoffs, but I see them as a 30-35 to win team. And they have a lot of decent young talent there. They're just not ready. And once this final part of the that of the uh, Garnett trade is finished, uh, then you know the, then after another year or two, this team is, is, is two or three years away from being something I think could be pretty good. Um, but with Overt and with D'Angelo Russell and with some of the other guys that they have, this is not a team. This is not going to be a team that you're going to walk. You know, even last year when they were not very good, they beat San Antonio. They took I think Golden State to overtime one time. They play very hard for Kenny Atkinson. And I'm not sure. I, I don't know what. At least I know what I'm going to get from an effort standpoint for the Nets. Nobody has a clue how anything is going to play out in New York. Um, you signed Tim Hardaway Jr. to a, a $70 million contract. You know, Porzingis is quote-unquote happy, but who really knows? I, I, I don't know. You know, I... I you you've run in a, you you may have the worst defensive front court in basketball with Przingis, Cantor, and uh, Dougie McBuckets. I, you know, I have no read of the Knicks right now, but I don't think they're very good. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. Um, I think they will be better than the Nets, but I think it will be close. And I think you're right that the Nets do have the effort going for them. Uh, no question about it. They do play hard. They do play for their their coach. But there really is no talent there. I mean, really no. Ta- I mean, yeah, they have they have D'Angelo Russell, and again, you're not really sure what you're getting out of him. I mean, you think you know what you're getting out of him, but you're not really all that sure. And other than that, it's a bunch of guys that. Is there another guy on that team that could legitimately start on a playoff team? I don't think there. I don't even think D'Angelo Russell could start on a playoff team, a legitimate playoff team. So, if you don't have one guy on your team that could take over a game that could legitimately start on a playoff team, I think you're in a lot of trouble, and you don't have a guy that can take over the game. At least the Knicks. And look, this is not the Knicks versus Nets argument because they're both going to suck. I mean, at the end of the day, they're both just going to be horrible. The, the better thing for the Knicks is they have their draft pick while the Nets do not. So I think as you get down to the end of the season, you may see the Knicks actually dropping games on purpose, even with it, because the 
new salary, uh, sorry, the new draft pick lottery reform does not come into play for next year. It comes into play for 2019. So, I don't know. I think I think the Knicks-Nets game would be a great game to go see because they'll both be competitive, but that may be one of the very few games that both teams will be competitive in all year. Yeah. I disagree. I get it, but as someone who watches the Nets, they were shockingly competitive in a lot of games, many more than I would have anticipated, with, as you said, a relative lack of talent. And they are very athletic and very young. So they're going to I Again, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to win 40 games. But I think they will be more, they will be competitive because it just seems to be how that team is built. And really credit to Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson for having done that. I okay. I, I, can go, I can go with you on that. So you're not a big believer in the Celtics. You said it before. You've got to think they win this division, right? I mean, I don't think oh, there's yeah. Any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, anybody that even comes close. No, they'll win, they'll win the division by probably double digits. Um, as I said, I don't think Toronto – I think Toronto is kind of stale. And, um, and Philly has to actually – considering their starting backcourt has never played a game – in the NBA, it's kind of difficult for me to give them, you know, more than more than kind of a 500 record. Oh, you got Simmons at the two. Okay, I, I was trying to figure yeah. out where JJ Redick was playing. I have Redick I him at the two. Oh, so wait, so you have Fultz, Simmons, Embiid, Sarich, and who? Covington. Oh. Okay, I had Covington as the second. Okay. See, Covington's playing in the NBA. Yeah, he's a decent player. Right, but you just said that you have a back. Oh, you're putting Simmons at the two. Got it. The 6'10", two guy. <laughs> okay, got it. And and I'm I'm in agreement with you. Do you think that the, the Celtics win the conference because of how bad the division is? No. No, <laughs> not at all. That, okay. Well, remember, the, the NBA is an unbalanced schedule. So you are going to play your your division a lot more than you're oh, going to play I'm any sorry. other division. I thought you meant – uh, let me take it back. I thought you meant did it win the conference, meaning go to the finals. You're talking about no, being I a meant, one seed. Yes, being a one seed. Do you think that they will – Okay. They no, will I be, sorry, no, that is my bad. You still don't. No, I don't. I think uh, I don't. Okay, let's move on to the to the uh, Eastern Conference Central, which has the worst team in the NBA, in my opinion, with the Bulls. Uh, I just see nothing redeeming about watching that team. Last year they went forty-one and forty-one. I don't see them winning thirty games this year. I may not even see them win twenty-five the games this year. The main trades that they made, which is trading their best guy in Jimmy Butler, and they get back a guy that's probably not going to play until Feb- until January in Zach Levine and Chris Dunn. And I like Dunn a lot. I've I've always loved Dunn coming out of Providence, but not an equal trade. Again, 
we see in the NBA, when you trade the superstar, you don't get back talent that equates to a superstar. It just doesn't happen. Uh, we well, saw that in three trades this year. Well, I'm not going to agree with you on the Kyrie. I'm not going to agree with you on the Kyrie Irving trade. I thought Cleveland did exceptionally. No, well. that's the only that's the only one that I think that they might have done okay on. But let's remember, you don't know where that draft pick is going to be if the if if the Nets are as good as as you think. That could be a number ten pick. So let's say a ten. Jay Crowder, and half the season of Isaiah Thomas. Is that worth Kyrie Irving? To me, that's enough. It is. Oh, no, it is. Because Kyrie, you know, with Kyrie demanding a trade, you're not going to get dollar for dollar. But let's, I mean, talk, let's look at this, in, let's look at this in, in perspective here, though. Most likely, LeBron James isn't coming back. Out of everything we've no, no, heard, uh, so this I'm sets you up for one year they set you up for a one-year yeah, world were, title. Yep. And if you don't win it, and LeBron leaves, and then Isaiah leaves, and then you have a lot of cap room, and you have two, and you have a couple first-round picks, and then the year after that, you probably you trade Kevin Love if you can for a first-round pick, which you probably could, and then you just start the you start the massive rebuild because once LeBron leaves, you're know, irrelevant anyway. You know. That makes a lot of sense, and I'd give you that, except they will not have a lot of cap room. <laughs> That's the thing. They won't. Well, the Tristan so, Thompson destroys them. But the, so I'm looking at – oh, so I'm looking, I'm looking at the cap right now. 2018-2019, they're going to have Kevin Love on the books for $25 million. They're going to so have Tristan and, Thompson on the books. Who they will try and trade. Right, but they still have to take back $25 million. In all likelihood. That could be true, but because it the could, cap it is not. Be. Yes. The cap is not going up very much. You have to keep keep it within, what, 15%? Something like that? Yeah. So, no, I understand. Yep. Okay. Tristan Thompson is earning 17 and a half. J.R. Smith is earning James. almost. He should be kicking LeBron James' feet. Because nobody J. else J. can give him Smith cap is earning. J.R. Smith is earning almost $15 million. Iman Shumpert has an $11 million option. His option. Kyle Korver's earning almost eight. Jay Crowder. Okay, Jay Crowder's Jay Crowder. He's earning almost 8 So I think Jay Crowder's a great signing. So let's keep Jay Crowder on the books. You have 18, 32, 42, 48, sorry, 40, 50, $74 million on the books already. Now, granted, the cap's 110 give or take. So you have $30 million. You have enough for one max player who really want it. And you have nothing. You have nothing. You have no talent. So you just have the media. You have what we like to call in the NBA purgatory because you have $75 million for guys. None of them are a number one. He established that Kevin Love's probably not a number one anymore. They have a lot of role players, a Kevin Love and a Tristan Thompson. So, no, I don't think they have enough to reset. I think it will take two years or three, two or three years to reset. 
even with that draft pick. I think my point was, and I think it got lost, is that when you trade the superstar, and this is something that has been going on, you trade the superstar, in all likelihood, I can only think of one superstar trade where they got equal value. And that's because the guy at the other end of of the trade was named James Dolan. It's the only one. Jake agrees. Jake agrees. All hands up. Jake agrees. <laughs> but we had four we had four major superstar trades in the NBA this year, in this offseason. We had Kyrie Irving, we had Paul George, we had wait, I'm missing one. Oh, Jimmy Butler and Carmel Anthony. Did the receiving team from those four trades, any of them, let's assume that Kyrie, let's assume Isaiah doesn't come back till half season and and they get the sixth pick in the draft or the seventh pick in the draft. Are any of them equal value for the superstar that they gave up? Oh, of course not. Of course not. I, so, I thought Cleveland did the best by a significant margin. Absolutely. And I also, and they also gave what they also probably gave up, quote unquote, the most. Apparently, Jake agrees. Ah, hold on. All right. So we have Chicago, and that's how we got on this trading Jimmy Butler and going for nothing. And their just team looks like a shambles. Detroit is completely in a mess. Indiana is also completely in a mess. The Bucks, the Bucks may be, excuse me, one of the more entertaining teams this year with Chris Middleton now back healthy and Jabari Parker back healthy and Giannis, one of the best players in the league. And then you have Cleveland being Cleveland. I uh, think Cleveland you know can what? pretty much sleep th- sleepwalk through this division. No real argument. Um, and I, Milwaukee, to me, is the top non-division winner in the East. So I would have them, I guess, as the four, for lack of a better term. Um, I think they are extremely good. They're going to get better if they can figure out a way to sign the Greek freak to an extension. But that shouldn't impact well, them this year. They already got him on an extension. Yeah, they did. For another, for another year or two. For another year or two. No. Um, nope, nope, nope. Another five. Are you sure? Yep. I don't think Look so. it up right now. Look it up right now. They got him through 2021. Did they really? Good for them. Yep. Okay. My fault? Yep. Okay. Then, yeah. You know what? There's a team <laughs> between. Well, what can I say? I, I Either I knew and forgot or... I didn't know. No, um, I, I'll Jabari. Just, I'll, yeah, Jabari's got one more year. One more year on his contract after this year. He's in. He's in one of those years. He's in one of those years where he really needs to play well, because if he doesn't, and especially if he gets hurt again, he's just going yeah, to be that injury-prone guy. Yep. But you look at that team, you know, with Tom Maker and. Uh, and Brogdon, who is the you know, most underappreciated rookie of the year in recent memory, and, Gian- and, and uh, Singleton, who was hurt for a lot of the year, this is a talented team. And 
the Greek freak is probably the best player, not named LeBron James, in the Eastern Conference. So in a weak conference, I think he'll lead a team to 50 wins in a fourth seed. You know, I'm looking at the the Eastern Conference, and we talk all the time about how bad the Eastern Conference is compared to the Western Conference. I don't think they're bad compared to the Western Conference. I just think they're bad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you look at you look at the Atlantic Division, which we just went through, and we know that the Celtics are a good team, right? They're a good team. Yes. Unless the Seventy Sixers come up and challenge the Raptors, you have two teams that are bleh, which are the Seventy Sixers and the Raptors. One team that is good, and two teams that are downright awful. You move to the Central. You have the Cavaliers, who are very good. You have the Bucks, who are good. And then you have three teams that are downright awful in the Pacers, the Bulls, and the Pistons. The Pistons have some talent, but, man, they can never – they can't shoot a free throw to save their lives. That's a big problem. And they just have a mismatch of talent. It, it just seems like all their talent – is in one place, and that's shooting. I like the Avery Bradley signing a lot. I like the Langston Galloway signing a lot. Starting a team of Reggie Jackson, Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, Stanley Johnson, and Andre Jobin. Nobody can hit a free throw on that team. Nobody. I think Bradley shot like 70% last year, and that would have been the tops. So, it's just that. All right, moving on to the Southeast, well, where, again, well, we have another – sorry, go ahead. I want you to think about something. Oh, if, please. If, you know, they've been talking about going to a you know, you know, 16 team, just best 16 teams make the playoffs. If, yep. you, look at the, if you look at the East, I'm going through the divisions right now, I'm not sure more than four teams would make would make the playoffs. Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee, and Washington would be the only four teams I think would make the playoffs out of the top 16, which means out of 15 teams in the West, I would take team number 12 over team number five in the East. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not kidding. Well, to be fair, you would then have to make it a perfect uh, even schedule, schedule yeah. right? You couldn't you couldn't do the you couldn't do an unbalanced schedule if you're going to go that route. Now, I'm not saying that's going to make it better or worse. In fact, that would probably make it worse on the East, not better. Indeed. Yeah. You saw two superstars and. Look, Mello, for all that he is and all that he isn't, is still a superstar. He's still a top 30 player in the NBA. I know ESPN has him as like 48, but I still think he's a top 30 player in the NBA. So in this offseason, you had a top 15 player, if you put Paul George in there, which I do, and a top 30 player moving from the east to the west. And that's been happening for the last 10 years. All the good players have moved from the east to the west, not the other way around. The player that I remember moving from the west to the east was Isaiah Thomas, 
from the Suns to the to the Celtics, but nobody knew what they were having with Isaiah Thomas at that time. So I'm not really sure that that's fair. But other than that, I don't remember. I think probably Carmelo seven years ago was the last player from the West to the East. Can you remember another one? Garnett? Garnett's 2008, so that's 10 years ago. Okay. From the West to the East, other other than Mellow or just since Mellow? Other than Mellow? Well, other than Mellow and since Mellow. Well, Darren Williams was that good when he left. He just <laughs> wasn't that good after the fact. Um, okay. And that may have, by the way, that and the Mellow trade, which happened very, very uh, close together. Two hours of each other. Were the last time that the superstar wasn't the best side of the trade. Yeah. Huh. Well, Kevin, I guess Kevin loved coming to the East. True. Well, let me ask you this. Would you take Kevin Love, Kevin Love over Andrew Wiggins right now? Depends for how long. Um, That's fair. For a year or two, for a year or two, yeah. Because Andrew Wiggins to me is not, even though he scores a great deal, he's not become the player that was anticipated when he came out. No, agreed. He's only 22, so uh, I think right. there's time. Time is definitely on his side. Okay, so I think you're right, though. I think you take the Celtics, the Cavs, the Wizards, the Bucks. Maybe the Raptors? Maybe. Maybe. That's six. Six. An interesting team, and we haven't talked about the Southeast, is the Heat. I like the Heat. I don't think that they're a championship contender, but certainly they played their butts off the last half of the year last year, and they're starting five if healthy. And that's a big if. Is one of the top in, in the conference. I mean, they're starting Whiteside, uh, Justice Winslow. Where am I missing there? Gordon Drogic, Dion Waiters, and either top, and and James Johnson. James I mean, Johnson. yeah. I mean, it's a good starting lineup. Now they have absolutely no backups for them. I mean, their top their top uh, backup is is Wayne Ellington. So I mean, that just gives you a little bit of that starting lineup. I think they would actually they wouldn't make, you're right though, they wouldn't make the top 16 probably. But that division is just awful. That division is also awful as well. You have the Magic who can't seem to understand what a rebuild means. You have the Hornets who can't understand that Dwight Howard is not Dwight Howard of 10 years ago. The Hawks who, you know what? I'm actually happy with what the Hawks did. They said, we're going to blow this sucker up. This is the first time that I remember the Hawks blowing it up. They may be, along with the, the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, that's who would have been my first pick as the worst team in the NBA. That team has nothing right now. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is a decent shooting guard, a decent point guard, and uh, – but they have very, very little talent. I don't even, I don't even think very little is even a word. I think they're just they have none. <laughs> I mean 
I'm I'm looking through the I'm looking through their roster and wow. I mean, this is bad. I mean, this is bad. They're going to be starting Marco Benelli or John, John Jenkins at the shooting guard. I mean, they're powerful. They're going to Kent Bazemore, who they signed to that huge deal. Ila Sova. And then their center is either Miles Plumley or Dwayne Dedman. And Dedman's a good, like, off-the-bench guy. He's not a starting player in the NBA. This This, this is going to be bad. So, you have the luckily, Magic luckily and the Hawks. No, well, luckily they have no fan base, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so they have the Magic and the Hawks in the same division who both suck. You have the Hornets who are just bad. You have, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if Gilchrist could stay healthy for one year. You have the Heat who are going to be in second place, it seems like, by default. And then you have the Wizards who are going to run away with that division. So you have Two teams that are absolutely going to run away with their division in the Wizards and the Celtics. You have the Cavaliers, who, if healthy, would run away with their division, but they're probably not healthy for the entire year, so they'll probably win 50 games, and the Bucks will win like 42 or 43 games. So let me go back to your original statement that the Bucks would make it in the top 16. If the Bucks go, I don't think they make it in the West. You don't think they would make the top 11? I think they'd have to have a sizable top 16. They'd have to make a sizable jump from 42 wins. Last year they went 42 and 40. No, Sean, 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 think about it. If you're taking half the team... Yeah, it doesn't really agree either. If half the team team in the league make the playoffs, a team that has 10 games over 500 is not going to be a team that doesn't make it. True. Well, Fair, Fair enough. But they would be a 14 or 15 okay. seed, most likely. All right, so let's move on to the northwest of the of the Western Conference, which seems to be one of the tighter divisions. Last year, the Timberwolves finished with 31 wins, plus or minus 40 for this year. Plus. Nuggets win 40 Nuggets win 40 games, plus or minus 40 for this year. Plus. They, got, they brought in Millsap. They're a better team. You, you do know I'm setting you up here, right? Because we of got the Trailblazers. Trailblazers, 42 wins last year, plus or minus 40. Luckily, the Pacific is pretty bad, so I'm going to say slightly over. Okay. Utah, 51 wins last year, plus or minus 40. Right around the 40. So you have, in that division, given every single team over 40 wins. Uh, and the Thunder, yeah. I'm sorry, the Thunder yeah, at 47, plus, plus or minus 40. So you've given all five teams in the Northwest over a 40-win season. I have, because I can't... I'm not even sure that's possible. Again, I'm doing it on a high level, but I look at the... First of all, I look at the rest of the conference. You look at the Pacific. The only team you know is going to be good is Golden State. That's yep. it. There's no... No one has a crew on, on the Clippers. The Kings will be better, but what does that mean? 
The Lakers are not very good, and the Suns are, are, are going to be better, but not very good. You look at the Southwest Conference, San Antonio and Houston are what they are. Memphis probably takes a step back. New Orleans, we have no idea how that team, that team should be better. We, and I think, well, I think that's, Seth, I think that's my question. What teams in the West are getting worse? That you have these teams in the, the Northwest getting better. The Clipper, the well, the Clippers and the Grizzlies. Okay. The Clippers, the Grizzlies, and the you Jazz have, all take a step back. So you said the okay. Jazz had forty well, wins. Have, the Jazz had fifty-one last last year. Agreed. Agreed. But you have the Lakers taking a step up. You have the Kings taking a step no, up. No, I didn't. I didn't you know the Lakers. I didn't know the Lakers taking a step up. I have the Lakers kind of exactly the, where they are. Okay. Maybe maybe yeah, the a few Kings games. Take, maybe there are thirty wins. Fair enough. And what? So you have the Pelicans plus or minus thirty-five. They won thirty-four plus. last year. Plus. Dallas plus or minus thirty-three. Kind of right, right where they are. And you have Memphis taking a step back. Okay. Yeah. So let's go through. So the Pacific. So sorry, the Northwest. Obviously, you have the Jazz at the bottom now. Yes. Or so it sounds like. Okay. So the Jazz inverts. Do you think that the loss of Gordon Hayward is that substantial that the gain of Ricky Rubio doesn't take away some some of that loss? Well, remember, they also lost George Hill, who was sensational for them last year. I have them about, give or take, around 500, maybe a game or two above. I think it's a six or seven, it's a seven or eight game step back. Plus, I think Denver and Minnesota are, and Portland even are much better. So I think Utah okay. is around 500. Okay. So at 40 wins. So who do you have winning this division? I have a feeling it's Oklahoma City. It is. Um, I, have to, I think Minnesota is going to take some time to melt, uh, having brought in a brand-new backcourt. And I think, you know, I think, Mello, you know, you, you're, you're a Knicks guy. You've watched Mello through the years more than I have. You know, he's always played well as the non-number one option, hence with the Olympics, so on and so forth. Now, that, again, that was for the Olympics. How, is he, how do you think he's going to handle being maybe not the three, but one of three co-options? I think he's going to handle it pretty well because I think he's at a point he just well, wants to win. From what I understand, and I've heard reports today, is that Billy Donovan is going to try and keep two of those guys on the court at all times. So he's never going to cycle out all three, and he's very rarely going to play all three at the same time. I think you're going to have a lot of one and two. Now, the interesting thing is field goal attempts per game. Number one last year was Russell Westbrook. Number two last year was Carvel Anthony. Number 13 last year was Paul George. Courtesy of ESPN. I did not pick these up off the off the fly. And that's a lot of shots. And you still have Steven Adams, who I think is a tremendous center in the middle. Now, granted, if Andre Robertson doesn't take another shot the whole game, I don't the whole season, I don't think that the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder fans are going to be too disappointed. Because that guy can't shoot at all. But 
I think it'll be all right. I think you're going to take more time to mesh that lineup than you will the Minnesota lineup. I think Oklahoma City will be the three seed, though. Third place in the division or three seed in the conference? Three seed in the conference. Okay. I do have them winning that division. I have them going number one. I have Minnesota going number two. I have Denver going number three, Portland going number four, and Utah going number five. Although I think Utah, like you said, is going to be around 500, which may still allow them to get into the playoffs. Yeah, the way I look at it right now, they would probably be the the first team out for me. But so you're not you're not really arguing the point that you made against me that they're not going, you know, that all five of these teams are going to be over 40 wins. No, I I didn't argue that. I just want I think more teams are going to take a step back than you do. Apparently no team in the Western Conference other than because I don't know how that's possible because the only other teams, I, unless you think the Spurs are going to take a huge step back, which is possible, um, I don't know what other team you, I, I didn't mention. Well, I think Dallas is going to take a huge step back. I mean, a huge, huge step back. Step back. Like, wins? Yeah, I think they win 22 or 23. Like, I think they're bad. I think they're legitimately bad. I I think Memphis loses 15 games more than they did last year, which makes them a 28-win team. I mean, I think there are some legitimately bad teams in this Western Conference. Do they I think the Pelicans, Gasol? I think they trade Gasol after the year. I don't think they trade him at the deadline. I think it's very hard to make a trade in the middle of the year in the NBA. So I so going through the Pacific, I think we have both agree that Golden State is going to be the top team in the Pacific. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get the rest of your Northwest. So I had Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Denver, Portland, Utah. What is yours? Yeah, I have the same. I have the same. I have the same. Same order. Okay. Pacific. I think we both agree that Golden State will probably win this division. Golden State may win that division by more wins than it had the bottom three teams in the division have. <laughs> wow. That, 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 uh, I don't think it's going to be that much. <laughs> I'm doing the math. I don't think that can happen. But close. Um, I have the Clippers number two. I, I pretty much have it the way that it ended last year, except I have Phoenix and the Lakers flipping. So I don't think the Lakers take a step up at all. In fact, I think they might take a step back. Um, But I still think them and the Suns are both crappy teams. So I have Golden State, the Clippers winning 42-43. to And I think Brian Dozier just hit a home run to give the Twins a 1-0 lead. So... The Clippers win about 40 to 41 games. Sacramento picks up a couple of games, wins 35. The Lakers fall back to about 24-23. The Suns finish with 24-23 as well, same same, uh, same as they did last year. Yeah, no major argument on my end. Um, I think Phoenix jumps the Lakers as well, I agree. Uh, Sacramento, I think, has a decent – 
I don't want to say a decent year because I, I don't I think they I think they go to about thirty five thirty six, but I I think the Clippers fall back by about ten games to about four. They'll be in the running for that last playoff spot I think. Um, you know, minus we haven't even mentioned Chris Paul. Yeah, there's the home run. I'm about a minute or two behind you. Um, with Chris Paul. Oh wow, he should have caught it. Um, with Chris Paul uh, going to H Town. Um, oh, we haven't got. Oh. You mean on the back end? Yeah, I'm watching. Well, I I'm think that's why the Cl- I think that's why the Clippers take a ten game step back. Yeah, that's what I said as well. I don't think I don't. I'm not sure any team other than Golden State hits 500 in that division. Definitely possible. Okay, over to the Southwest. Do you have the Spurs or the Rockets winning the division? I have the Rockets winning the division. As do I. Uh. I have the Rockets in the two seed in the playoffs. Um, I think last year I actually had the Rockets beating the the Warriors, which obviously I was wrong. Um, wasn't the first time. Won't be the last. So I have the Rockets first. I have the Spurs second. I think we both have the same. Then I have New Orleans, Memphis, and Dallas. Yeah, uh, no real argument. Um I don't think San Antonio takes a huge step back, but I think they're kind of a step behind. It's hard for me to say that because Ka- Kawhi is phenomenal, but the rest of the team is just not as, it's just not that good. Although, look, you know, before he in Game One of the Western Conference Finals, ooh, as Jakey burps his, his approval. They were up 25 on Golden State before Kawhi sprained his ankle. Now is the end. So I'm hesitant to write off San Antonio in any capacity. But I think Houston will win the division. Um, Memphis, as you said, takes a step back. New Orleans takes a step up um, with the three big guns in Holiday, Davis, and Cousins. I just, I, with a full season, I think they'll be a playoff threat. Uh, Dallas is kind of an, as you said, you know, I mean, I don't have me taking a huge step back, but I have them nowhere really near competitive. Okay, so one through eight uh, in the East, I have the Celtics first, Cleveland second, Washington third, the Raptors fourth. Remember, it's not division. You don't have to be in the divisions aren't aren't necessary anymore. Uh, Washington third, the Raptors fourth, the Bucks fifth, and then it's just awful. I mean, <laughs> there's just a whole lot of awful. Uh, I'll take Miami six, Detroit seven. Now I'll take Philadelphia seven, Detroit eight, and just okay. awful. Everything about this is awful. All right, I'll go Cleveland one, Boston two, Washington three. Milwaukee four, Toronto five, uh, Miami six, Charlotte seven, and Indiana. Uh, no, I'll go Philly eight. Well, it's good to know that we both have Miami six. I think that's the only one that we, I think we agreed on Miami six being the only one. Yeah, one out of eight is yeah. not too bad. Agreed. So who do you have coming out of the East? I have the Cavs. <laughs> yeah. Cavs over the Wizards. In the uh, in the conference finals. Really? So you have the Wizards beating the Celtics. I do. I think the Celtics are going to okay. take a year or two to to, to melt. 
And I'm not. Sh- I'm honestly sure. not sure if players that are brought in fit Stevens' system as well as the ones that they've had in the past. Well, I'm going to make it. I'm going to ask you another question. Give me an over/under in the next five years. Over/under being two. The amount of NBA finals that the Celtics play in. No, the over-under being three. I'm sorry, the over-under being three. Under. Okay. If I've made that six years so I don't include this year, does it become three or no? No. I think they play in one or two finals. Um, I'm not sold on, I'm not sold on this team. I'll be honest, like, I, I saw the other, you know, the team they had last year, knowing they couldn't win, they couldn't beat Cleveland. First of all, until LeBron leaves, nobody's beating Cleveland. Which, if okay. it's this year, is probably going to be this year. Um, I don't love Hayward. I never have. I like Kyrie, but he is an awful defensive player. Yep. Horford is old. I don't uh, know what He's, he feels like he's been around forever. Um, they've lost a lot of their bench. I don't have as great a feel for this team as everyone else seems to. And it's not an anti-Celtics thing because I'm kind of mood on them. So I just I, I'm not I'm not so like I am just not as sold as everyone else seems to be. You know, maybe I'm wrong. What? Like Stevens, like well, I will tell you. I will tell you I agree with you, because until I see somebody – look, we saw Isaiah Thomas last year be that number one scorer, right? He wasn't the number – he couldn't play a lick of defense, but he was the number one scorer, which – oh, well, make that 2 nothing, Minnesota. Buxton just hit another one. Two batters, two home runs. I'm watching it Sorry, it was Rosario. It wasn't Buxton. Two batters. Three nothing. Two batters, three nothing. Three batters, three nothing. Excuse me. Three batters, three nothing. So, getting back to what I was saying, until I see a guy that can be a number one scorer on that team, and I don't think Gordon Hayward is a bona fide number one scorer. I think, I think Gordon Hayward is a great Manu Ginobili type player where he can do a little bit of everything. But Manu could never be a number one scorer. So until I find a guy on that Celtics team that could be a number one scorer and that could stay on the court the entire time, which I'm not sure Kyrie can, count me skeptical as well. Okay. Going to the uh, Western Conference, which is a fun conference, you know, I really want to pick against Golden State. I think uh, I just do. But I don't think there's any way to pick against them. Is there, in the, is there any way to really pick against that team being the number one seed? No. Yeah, I, I simply just put don't no. Okay, so all right, so I'll take Golden State, Houston, New, uh, sorry, New Orleans, Oklahoma City is the three, the four. That's where I'm going to get into trouble. I've got to remember what I said before. I'll take the four being Minnesota, the five being 
Oh, San Antonio. Four being San Antonio, the five being Minnesota. That's where I was missing it. The five being San Antonio, the six being Denver, the seven being, uh, sorry, the seven being Minnesota, six being Minnesota, the seven being Denver, and the eight being Portland. Hold on. So three. So Jake's not exactly enjoying my picks. The three teams that I had dropping out of the top eight to the West were Utah, Memphis, and the Clippers. And the three teams coming in were – oh, I only had three teams. Three teams coming in, Denver, Minnesota. I only had two teams coming in, so I must have two teams leaving. Oh, and New Orleans. There we go. Denver, New Orleans, and Minnesota. So – I figure that Seth has taken a break, given that I heard Jake crying in the background. If you are not watching the Yankee game, it is 3 nothing Minnesota over the Yankees in the first inning. The Yankees have already sent out the pitching coach once, 0-2 in, with one out and one on. And I just got a text message. I wonder if that is Seth. Let's take a look. It is not. So, anyway... So we have 3 nothing, and Seth will hopefully be back within the next five minutes. Anyway, so oh, if fine. I'm no, going no, no. to I'm, My apologies. My, I, I hit mute accidentally. I'm right here. Um, <laughs> well, we weren't really concerned about you. We were concerned about your son. We had no concerns about you. My son has a bottle of milk in one hand and a bottle of water in the other. He's doing fine, laying in the ball pit. Um, okay. Quick, I have – not very different from you. My top three are the same. I have, I'll take, you know, my top five are really the same. I'll take New Orleans at six, uh, New Orleans at six, Denver at seven, and Portland at eight. Um, I don't, I'm hoping that wasn't the same as yours. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have in the, so here's my question. In the semifinals, who do you have? In the semis in the West, I'm going to take uh, well Golden State over Portland. I will take. I mean the one, the only one. Well, we didn't go. Really I mean the one that's well, interesting is we didn't go San Antonio. Okay, yeah, we East. didn't go through every single one of them in the East. So let let's just hear who your semifinalists are. Your okay, finalists. So, are. Uh, I'm sorry. It's in the finals. In the finals are Golden State. Oh, wait, Golden State and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Because Mike Gundy is not walking through that door. Anyway. He's a man. He's 50. Hey, surprised that I remembered who he was. He's a badass mullet. Yes. Yes. So um, I will take Houston and Golden State in the finals. Wow, the Yankees are getting crushed. Wow. Well, anyway, sorry. Second, Second and third, one out. Second, third, one out. So, and the guy in the uh, plaid, jack, plaid shirt who looks like Paul Bunyan. And Joe flustered. Girardi is coming out. Wow. First inning. Bye-bye. So, who comes in? That's Chad my Green. question. Yeah, all hands on deck, but wow. And Joe Mauer didn't even get up yet, did he? Or was he the two-hitter? Anyway, 
So I have uh, Houston and Golden State in the in the Western Conference Finals. I have Golden State again facing, unfortunately, facing a Cleveland team that I don't think can lose. I don't think I don't think Golden State can lose to that Cleveland team again. I think we once again have the same results that we did the last two years or last year. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, look, Cleveland is quite lucky. That Draymond pulled what he did, and, and that Curry got hurt. Otherwise, they could be, they could honestly be the Buffalo Bills of the NBA. Because at this point, I don't know how to pick against either team. I, I don't, and I don't see, I can't see Cleveland winning. I just, I agree with you. You know, it's unfortunate because the NBA is so fun to watch right now. Except the playoffs are agonizing because you already know it's pre- relatively preordained what's going to happen, and that makes things very difficult. Absolutely. So, so who's the, the MVP? Who's the MVP? Yeah, who's the MVP this year? LeBron. I would agree. I think LeBron has has a chip on his shoulder, and I think without Isaiah Thomas, he's going to have to pull the load. Who's the defensive player of the year? Kawhi. Okay. Who is the player? Who's the best player that nobody hears about? No, I disagree, Jake. There's a couple names that are coming to mind, um, but I'll go with Nurstich up in Portland. Okay, and I was going to go with Carl Anthony Towns, who I think may be in the top five players by the end of the year. And I don't think he's, unfortunately, I, I, don't think he's unknown. I don't think he's unknown. So that, that's where I didn't even think of him. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right, coach of the year. Considering I have no real surprises, it's kind of hard to figure that. Um, coach of the year. I. I Man, um, Thibodeau in Minnesota. I'm going to take Billy Donovan in Oklahoma City because he can put together what you believe is a top two team in the West out of three guys, four guys, and nothing else. He's the he's the coach here. Okay, we got three minutes to go. Um, would you like to go first? I'll ask you, say, who's your rookie of the year? My rookie of the year in a bunch of crap uh, as far as – I'm going to have to pick uh, Ben Simmons. I'll go with with Dennis Smith, Jr., because I think he's going to have an enormous amount of playing time down in Dallas. You mean the guy that Nick should have as their starting shooting guard for the – point guard for the next 10 years? Yeah, that guy. Yep, exactly. All right, we got uh, 90 congrats. seconds to go. So go ahead, and uh, I will talk. I'll talk to you all next week. Go ahead. Uh, congrats to Troy. Uh, in one be funny. Yay, Troy! Yay, Troy! And it's not Troy Nunez is an absolute magician. Uh, Troy gets paid by LSU a million dollars. Yes, I just went there. A million dollars to be their home to be their homecoming patsy. 
and goes to Baton Rouge and kicks the living crap out of out of out of, L, out of LSU. And Ed Orgeron may be out of a job halfway through his first season. So not only that, they get paid a million dollars for this. And Troy, in their <laughs> writes, uh, t- tweets, hey, LSU, thanks for having us down for homecoming. We really enjoyed it with a smiley face. Well done, Troy. And surprisingly, the second best payout was Middle Tennessee State beating Syracuse this year. So, of course, I had to bring that up. Okay, next week I'll be in L.A. Seth will be here in New York or the New York area, and we'll talk to you then the following week. NHL preview and college basketball preview. For Seth Kamins, this has been Sean Palmer, Seth and Sean Sports Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Go Twinkies! See ya! Boo!